20 yards out! That is a duel from Tim Cahill has done it again! What a goal by Tim Cahill! Thompson! Five goals to Archie! Swing out, Patinka's head up from Rob Melbourne! And the league champion, Dark Lewis Albert! On 11-16 SEM, the Four Diego's. Well, there you go. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Four Diego's right here in 11-16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. What a World Cup, Vinny Venezuela. Welcome to the show. It was exciting. It, it was, was an exciting, exciting game. Wasn't Poised up until um, extra time, but gripping all the way through. Absolutely. And good to hear Mario Goetze uh, just uh, there uh, scoring the winner. But uh, Warren, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. It's um, good to be back. Yeah, nice, I, um, to, nice to have you. Looking refreshed yeah, and healthy. A, yeah, Your yeah. lungs sound good. I had a bit of a break last week. Yeah. Just, um, just because I couldn't be bothered coming. No, that's not true. No, you deserve it. Bit crook. Yeah, when you're feeling a bit crook, um, you should. You should but take uh, the time there off. are there are dull games, you know, nil nil yeah. after full time. There are dull games, and then there are games that are captivating. And this World Cup final definitely fell into the category of being a game that was exciting and captivating right through to the nil nil. And perhaps Argentina, I still think Germany could have won if they went one goal down, but. Yeah. It was can, engrossing, Vinny Venezuela. Can I just say that the way he described that didn't sound captivating at all. No. <laughs> Monotone. <laughs> Put a no. bit of, of smile in your voice, would you, yep. Warren? It was a great game. Yep, it was a great game. Anyway, uh, Carlos, you're here as well. G'day. It's uh, Rodrigo. Good to see you. Yeah, and nice uh, to see you. We haven't seen each other before this moment, but know, it's nice to see you. Absolutely. Good to see you too. Uh, publicly, I want to announce that I saw you just now, yeah, but we did right. see each other in the green room that's beforehand. Right. Uh, now, Warren, the way you delivered your, your I don't know, how do you, your pre- summary. Yeah, summary, synopsis yes. of yeah. how exciting. It was the, exciting. Yeah, it's almost like. Higuain, missing that open goal. <laughs> yes. And then scoring when he was offside. Absolutely. He had the nightmare. Did, uh, if there's one guy, maybe that should be the hot topic. Who had the nightmare in the world? No, that's not the hot topic. But uh, really, that, you get uh, teams that are clearly better than other teams. And I think Germany was probably the, the best team in the, in the, in the, in the whole tournament. But in, on that game... Argentina had as many gilded chances as Germany did. Germany could have lost. They could have lost that yes. game. And, uh, and it wouldn't have been unfair on the day, even though I thought Germany were the better team throughout the tournament. Uh, Lionel Messi uh, going into an open goal in that second. Yes, just yeah. front he of shouldn't miss those. I'll tell you, they, they were, it could have gone either way, and those guys were gutted. And I'm glad. Can um, I just say I'm one glad, thing? Player I'm, of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Surprise. We can talk about that in a minute. The golden, what is it, golden ball? Ball. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I, why don't they have a golden prong? <laughs> That's another question. But uh, I, I believe uh, in a game like that, when you miss chances like Higuain and Messi did, you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't be allowed to have the wags on the ground to celebrate. And to they be, went to, to the console fence. you at the end. They went to the fence and yeah. got the wags out of the crowd. Yeah, but if you're winners in those games, if you're a winner, you get the wag out there and you can hug them and have the photos, the selfies, mm. all that sort of stuff. If you're the losers... No wags. Carlos, that if you're the winner, the you get their wags. <laughs> yeah, Surely. That's right. that's right. Winner takes it all. That's right. I, I was happy with the wags after the game, Carlos, yeah. I've got to say. But, um, and by the way, ugly men around the world yeah. rejoice. If you can play football, <laughs> you can have the best women 
In Germany, well, at young, least. Young Mario's a perfect example. Oh, I tell you anyway, what. No, he's, he's young, you know, a little bit uh, receding in the, in the hairline, but... Uh, but can score a goal. And, but, yeah. and in all honesty, maybe. that goal, Sherla's cross, his finish, oh, yeah. two minutes before, you know, it was quality. It yeah. was quality. But he... Look, with the way he ran on and cushioned the ball on his chest, mm, on beautiful. his pectorials, <laughs> and brought it down pectorials. Yeah, he, on his pectorials. <laughs> I think it was the right pectorial. He cushioned it and then brought it down. Isn't usually, it a used pectorial. Yeah. yeah anyway. <laughs> usually, uh, when I used to play, I used to just scuff it out for a corner when I used mm. to stretch like that, well, and, got big and, chest. and also do a groin too at the same time. <laughs> he not only cushioned it beautifully, he off the laces. Placed mm. it past the goalkeeper Romero. Uh, Romero. He was Romario? a bit. Of, did you think no, the no, keeper? No, sorry, Romero. Romero. Did you think the keeper was a bit of a bit of sleep? Maybe a bit at fault. Or oh no, it no. It was just a, it was just an excellent finish. The boy, it, it was instinctive. He visualised that. You know, you talk about visualising a moment. He visualised that many times as a kid, scoring that goal in that way. You know, apart from Super Tim's great goal, the next two mm. would be. Hummers, um, Hummers, and that was Rodriguez. chest. Yes. You could see the, yes. the chest connection, and that's a bit of pectoral yeah. there for you, um, <laughs> Carlos. Mm. And and then Gertz has had a lot of pectoral mm. there too. Mm. So actually, I'd go it was as far a as pectoral cup. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I would. I would actually go that that, that Goetze. <laughs> Goetze is more bosom. <laughs> Was he used his bosom to bring right. it down, yep. <laughs> whereas Hummers has pictorials. But yes, 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 yes. Look, I anyway. really want to correct you, Carlos, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Anyway, anyway. I'll do it in the ad break. Yeah. Hey, I've got a big show for you tonight. Uh, well, that was part of it, but uh, <laughs> 942-911-16, we'd love to take your calls. And also, we're giving it away. Uh, ah, yes. We're giving it away tonight. The Diego's, you know, you've listened to us talk about the World Cup for mm. many, many months now, mm. before and and during the World Cup. And uh, we've got four DVD copies for, with thanks to Screen Pop. Um, it's a fantastic, uh, the class of 92. It's a really good DVD. And it features uh, the prominence and, you know, global superstardom of six Manchester United legends, David Beckham, Nicky Butt, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Phil and Gary Neville. And uh, just goes through their lives and you know, how they play together. Liverpool fans out there will be wrapped to get one of these. Absolutely. <laughs> Make sure the class of 92, yep. uh, we're giving one away yep. to four callers or four yep. SMSs tonight. And all you need to do to, if you want to go and buy this is go to www.screenpop.com. Dot com.au. Check out uh, that website. Ask for Gemma. She'll look after you as well. Yeah. Uh, the class of 92. Uh, Warren, how are we going to give it away tonight? Well, it's funny because um, when Carlos sent through the running sheet for tonight's show and just said we're giving away a DVD, the class of 92, I thought it was actually the Diego's that sponsored <laughs> that inspired a generation. But no, it wasn't. Yes. Well, you know what? There's been... Um, What's the hot Seth Blatter came yeah. out and said that Brazil was 9.75 out of 10. That's the score he gave it. Yep. He oh, said 9.75 out of 10. He said definitely better than South Africa. Yep. And maybe even the best World Cup that he's been part of. So we were talking about it and we wanted to say, was it hype that this was the best ever World Cup? Yep. Or has this been the best World Cup ever? And if it hasn't, what World Cup that you've watched yep. over your footballing journey what was the best World Cup and why was it the best World Cup? Yep. So the 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 cup and where it was yep. and the reason why it was the best, it might have it might have an Aussie connection as to why it was the best. It might be about the football or a player. I know Carlos and 
Vinny and Rodrigo, we all shared different thoughts. For mine off the top, I actually don't agree with Sepp about anything. But for me, in the time I've been watching it, this was the best, best World Cup. 171 goals across the 64 games. So goals were fantastic. I felt like the star players played close to their best. I felt like we had players that we hadn't known much about outside of Rodriguez as an example. We had guys that um, like Sanchez that we sort of knew about if we watched you know Spanish football, but now we think he's fantastic. Goalkeepers. You know, perhaps the greatest World Cup for a collection of goalkeepers, and some of them, you know, Costa Rica, Colombia, some of these countries we didn't even know. So for me, yes, it was the best World Cup. So that's my vote, and there's some of the reasons. But come up with a good reason and the World Cup, and you'll get these fantastic class of 92, the Diegos that inspired a generation. <laughs> so it is the class of 92 hot topic. Yes. 0433981116. Tell us which was your favourite World Cup. And why. And why. It's an absolutely sensational two-hour feature film, basically. Yep. And it's got um, all of those stars in it. And, that you know, there's even uh, interviews uh, with Zinedine Zidane, Tony Blair, um, and some others as well. And can I say, for Manchester United fans, you better get this DVD because there will never be a successful period in your history <laughs> going forward like this period with these players. Even with Louis van Gaal, the Messiah, there just won't be. So get it for posterity as much as anything else. Oh, yeah, there you go. Hey, um, 942 16 as well. And uh, yes, Vinny? No, I was going to say posterity. Yeah, um, <laughs> Warren, we're just making words up tonight, <laughs> fellas. What's going on? Posterity. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's why I wanted you to do that. Thank you very no, much. 942 Hey, let's go to John in Yarraville. wants to w- talk about which was the best World Cup. Welcome, John. Hi, guys. How you going? Yeah, good, very well. Good. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I'd just like to say that uh, probably for two reasons that uh, this was the best World Cup. First one is the time slot. It was a lot easier to watch. Um, Especially if you're in Brazil. (laughs) And uh, also, it was so much better because those stupid Vivazellas were... (laughs) Good point. And and John, you obviously enjoyed this social hub. Yes, it was good. Good on you. There you go. Thanks, John. Now, um, so, John, you're in, you're in the running for, for the class of 92. But, um, yeah, look, Carlos, I actually think, um, for, from my perspective, because yep. we had such a great time in Brazil, so it's everything around the World Cup for me. So I, I agree with Warren. This, was, this has been my favourite World Cup so far. Look, 2006 was pretty good because the Aussies did so well. Yep. So, um, but I, I actually wasn't there. But, uh, no, Brazil for me. Vinny, what about you? Yeah, tough one. I think I like the 2006 one just because it was Australia's first crack at it for a long time. And so I enjoyed that aspect of it and also how it ended up, you know, Italy winning on penalties yeah. it was, was quite amazing. I, I just think of uh, the, you know, what captivated me as a kid or as a younger man. And I just think 1986, watching Diego Mar- Maradona just completely dominate a World Cup, the one man... And, you know, people who heard me on half today would, you know, I'll repeat it again. Uh, he was one player that, that led a very ordinary Argentinian team to a World Cup win. And he played unbelievable football every game. And some of the things he did were freakish. And I was so glad to, to witness that on TV. And the other World Cup was 1982 for our Italian fans out there. But not so much for the final and, and the run the Italians had, but that game between Italy and Brazil 
in the in the knockout stages. Oh, sorry, in the, I think it was a in the sort of the middle stage, which is a bit different to what they weren't knockout stages. Those sort of mini groups they had, uh, and that game there was just a game. I think it's one of the probably the greatest World Cup game I've ever seen. Uh, that Italy Brazil game that Italy won three uh, two with Paolo Rossi scoring a hat trick with three touches. <laughs> Effectively, yeah. Can I also add uh, when France, the year France won the World Cup ninety eight, was it? 98? Yeah, ninety eight. Yeah, that was that was a great World Cup too. I thought that were that was a spectacular team to watch on the pitch, and Zidane was just on fire. Yeah, we're getting some excellent text messages. We'll go through those, and also some calls on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's go to Steve in Thomastown. Now, Steve, good day. What was your favourite World Cup? Hello, guys. My favourite World Cup is the two thousand two World Cup, Korea Japan. Yep. Why is that? I'm, I'm, I've got a Turkish background, and uh, Turkey made the uh, semi-finals. I finished third in that tournament. They were a good side, uh, by the way, Steve. I remember in those days, they had some really good uh, players. And the thing is, they have they haven't made a World Cup since. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily uh, devalue what they did in that World Cup, though. They really put Turkish football on the map. I think some of those Turkish players went on to play. If they weren't already playing at a high level in Europe, they went on to play some pretty good football. So. Good team. Was the Turkish team um, shellacked by Germany, or was it another team that lost 8-1 to Germany? Uh, in the Saudi, World Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Saudi, yeah, they got beaten 8-1. But that was, and you know, you think about that World Cup, you got South Korea making a semi-final. They and were Turkey fantastic, weren't they? Yeah. So that was, that was a World it, yeah. Cup for underdogs. Yeah. And, and great time zone. And it actually got a lot of, popu- lot of uh, popularity yeah, it was a great time as yeah. well, didn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. everyone kind of got into it. It really made the mass... You know, population. Well, you know, the, others that weren't really into the game want yep. to go to the next World Cup. So, good call, Steve in Thomastown. You're in the running. What about David in Carnegie? G'day, David. Welcome to the show. Hey, boys. Let's not talk about any more from um, Germany. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, he's a legend. He he could go anywhere. He's only what is he? Twenty four. Sorry, we just we actually just missed the start of that. Who 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 do you want to talk about? Uh, Andy Muller from right. oh, yeah. uh, yep. from Germany. You know, as a, as a as a striker and and as a as a you know a um, a forward, he could go anywhere in the world. I mean, he could write his own paycheck. Don't you just love? I just love the fact that he plays with his socks down below <laughs> his shin pads. Yeah. And the thing for me as a striker, I've never seen a guy physically work harder than what he does. He runs like at top speed for the whole time that he's on. He's courageous. He copped. A really bad head knock, I think, in the 2-2 draw against Algeria, where they actually, Miroslav Klose, equaled the world, equaled the record for the number of goals in the World Cup with that equaliser in their second game. He is a really good player. It's funny, you know, you look at the Germans and they're dominated by they're dominated in their team by guys who are playing in their own country. A lot of them playing in the same team as each other, and I think out loud about how much of an impact does that have on their continuity. But, you know, perfect mix of youth and experience. Just had everything, the Germans. Yeah, I just think, uh, I mean, there is talk of uh, Man U making a bid for Muller and uh, a few of the other big clubs. Uh, but, you know, they, they, the Germans don't don't tend, I mean, we've got Kadira has played for Real Madrid, Ozil yep. played for uh, Real Podolsky's Madrid. Podolsky's at Arsenal too, Exactly, but... so they start in the move a bit. But, uh, but I don't think they get uh, too... Um, too enamoured with what is on offer everywhere else. So let's pick a, 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 a club that's good for them at the time. Um, even though Murdersack are also playing for Arsenal. So yeah. I, I just reckon they're a group of players who um, 
I think they're at their prime right now. I mean, they missed out on the, the made the final of the. They've been semi finalists. Semi finalists. Last three. Absolutely. Two Europeans. So, I mean, I think they've made in the top four of World Cups, in the history of World Cups, they've made it 13 or 14 More times. finals than any yeah, other team. So, they're just very consistent, great players. And what I like about Muller is he just, he's so persistent. He, sometimes he mucks up things and he with, with a free kick where he sort of fell over his own feet and all that. Yep. Sometimes he mucks things up. But I'll tell you what, if you're looking for persistence, mm. uh, that guy is – and he was running as hard at the end of that extra time period than he was at the start of the game. He's always talking at you, talking, talking, yeah, talking with right. that German accent, yeah. just getting into your head. Yeah. Uh, can we also pay tribute to the fifth Beatle, Joachim Lowe? I, yeah. I really wanted Germany to win because I think he's – a very deserving gaffer who who stuck it out, and he's had his critics uh, in the lead up to this World Cup as well. But uh, he delivered, and and it was he was in the background when they received it. Mm. But I, I I I was very impressed by him, and have been for a long time. Mm. Absolutely, and uh, you know he's actually our producer here tonight too, so it's good to see him uh, <laughs> not not get ahead of himself and uh, you know turn up to the Diego's at eleven o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah, there was some talk about his position being a little bit in doubt if they didn't go all the way or win it. It's funny. Does he, he strikes you as a guy that would never consider club management. The the job Have you is almost no. perfect mm-hmm. for him, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, I mean, look. he would have had offers, wouldn't have he, to, to go and coach in Germany. Oh, for sure. At that level there, I'm sure they would. And now he's a World Cup coach. And I just wonder whether it's time for him to move on now. They tend to move at the, the height of their, uh, of their value, a lot of these coaches. So it'll be interesting to see. It's very interesting. I know Conti's leaving Juventus and they're speculating that he'll go for the Italy position, but wouldn't, and I know the Italians don't, don't tamper with their, with their national coaches, but put a Joachim Lowe in, in, in charge of an Italy, I think that would be a really interesting equation. I don't think a, I don't think a non-Italian would ever coach Italy. I don't think but they would ever allow it, the Italians. That's what I mean. But it would yeah. be. But maybe they should open up, be open to change. Oh, no, I'd be writing the streets with those words in in Ligon Street right now. Right now. as well. Yeah, <laughs> un-Italian. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. So the class of '92 hot topic. It's mm. it's gone off uh, on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Warren, get your pen ready because mm. there's some absolute beauties. We'll go through some of these now, and then we'll go through some a little bit later on. But '82 guys was only 10, but the brilliant soccer that was played and the fact that one of the greatest teams on paper still wasn't able to win mm. it. Some of the all-times great played that tournament. That's Adrian from South Yarra. Fantastic. And he's talking about Brazil there, obviously. Mm. Uh, but but you, you, and there's, I think there's a doco on that scene, that Brazilian team. And they basically have come out and said, we don't care that we didn't win it. Everyone thanked us. Everyone uh, praised us throughout the world with the football we played, and even to this day, they reckon wherever they go, people remember that team, and they got knocked out at that quarterfinal stage. Apparently, now they're saying we don't care we didn't win it; at least we didn't lose seven one. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. In right. fact, there was exactly a call right. for the team from eighty two to actually play in that semi final <laughs> against Brazil. Yeah, at half time. At, at half time, <laughs> that would have been a chance. Bring them back. <laughs> Marie um, is, is a regular uh, texter to the Diego's. 2010 was my fave World Cup as Spain played clean football and won the World Cup. That was a tough final for them to play against. Holland were, they, yeah. they, their first half was shocking. Too physical. Then yeah. when they started playing football, they looked the chance. Mm, but it was mm. too late. So with thanks to uh, screenpop.com.au, the class of 92 uh, hot topic tonight. And Trent from Werribee, born in 92. Ha ha. That's not bad. Not a bad little... Uh, <laughs> You know, a bit of synergy there. 
Germany 06 was my favourite. The build-up, the culture, the drama and Australia's performance. Unbelievable. That's Trent in Hopper's Crossing. That's not too bad. I think I think a lot of people have said uh, 2006. Um, he's, he's another one. Uh, Korea and Japan in 2002. The reason was the time difference meant that you could watch every match live. The matches started from 7pm. That's James in Reservoir. Can I just say my favourite memory or oh, fact about the 2002 World Cup was that my wife was in labour and she went the epidural, which meant <laughs> I got to watch a game <laughs> while that, she was in labour. That would almost win it, Vinny Venezuela. I'll tell you what. Did you come out like, you know, how the, uh, the, the, the medicos come out to the ground when someone gets injured? Were you there with your little <laughs> medical bag the and spray. your magic sprunge? And stuff? That's right. Yeah. I was there. In fact, we called our daughter Korea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the... And the, the I'm glad you didn't call it Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the only upside of Qatar, and there is only one upside, is that we're actually going to get back to a time zone mm. similar to Korea or Japan where you're actually going to be able to watch the, the players melt yep. at a reasonable time. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, before we go to the break on the uh, Class of 92 hotline, tw- 2006 was the best. I had a uni exam of the morning of the Aussie-Japan match. I didn't study for it. Instead, watched the match. Kale, <laughs> Kale was amazing. I loved Aussie Goose's fist punch. We won and I passed my exam. That's oh, good Simon on your side. Oh, good on your side. I'll tell you what, that uh, pulled that's after. So what was the subject, Simon? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm um, not going to be into the, You're not going to be barracking. I'm going to be making you know a straight-down-the-line call based on my hard opinion. All right, well, no, we'll, we'll make sure. So you've written them down. I noticed yep. you're actually yeah, yep. I'm trying. pretty organised there. Yeah, yep, for hey, a let's, change. Let's, uh, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's. We'll uh, try and catch up with Mike McGrath from the UK uh, after this, but uh, stick around. More of the Diego's coming up. This is on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Yes, here on a Wednesday night and... Uh, just sifting through uh, all the wonderful uh, text messages here. The class of 92, we're giving it away today, Warren, uh, with thanks to screenpop.com.au. Uh, make sure Gemma and her team look after you there for all your uh, DVD needs. The Class of 92 is a two-hour uh, feature film that uh, really details the prominence of Manchester United at some of the great players, such as... Let's go through them, In Beckham. fact, why don't we get... Sir Alex Ferguson, who's in the studio, to actually announce the, the class of 92, Vinny Venezuela. You know... <laughs> so right, Ryan, Ryan Giggs. Giggs. <laughs> Nicky Butt. <laughs> Davey. Davey Beckham. Phil. Phil Neville. Paul Scholes. Gary Neville. Yeah, thanks, uh, Sir Alex. I loved nice him the you. most. <laughs> I thought you'd love Davey. Davey. He, Davey. he broke my heart. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, yeah, what, so, Warren... You okay no, there? Rodrigo. You okay there? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh, give actually, one yes. Or, give one giving it away, one. giving it away, and I'm going to go for Simon. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Simon, that the exam. Yeah, did he okay. come back with the yes, exam? He was doing a biomedical exam, science oh, exam. Geez. It was at 8.30 in the morning at Exhibition Centre. Attendance was low. <laughs> uh, but can, Simon was there. Can Simon well. please, yeah. for future events, can Simon tell me which hospital he's currently <laughs> practising in so I know not which one to go to? Right. Yeah, so Simon from Clayton, you're going to get one. No exam, no study. Still Australia passed. wins. Absolutely. You still pass. Adrenaline yep. got him You're now it. a doctor. <laughs> Everything's right with the world. And that was... A memory. We just probably jealous the fact that we didn't, we weren't there. But yeah, so that one definitely. So, so what does Simon have to do, Rodrigo? He has to ring up. Yep. 
and uh, give us his oh, no, details. Look, yeah, what we'll do is we've, we've got his mobile phone. Yeah, um, yep. yep. Matty will give him a call. Yeah, Matthew. And, uh, yes. Arrange to uh, arrange how how we're going to you know yeah, yeah. Do, the, do the handover. Yeah, we do this so often that this yeah, is that's just right. really this seamless. This was going isn't it? this was going so well. <laughs> I thought everything was going well until how does he actually pick up his prize? <laughs> um, and another one because I agree and I think everyone agreed that uh, the best World Cup was 2006 in South Africa because there were no Vuvuzelas. No, it's 2010. Sorry, 2010. South Africa, 2006 Germany. Yes, 2010 South Africa because there were no Vuvuzelas. At, at South Africa? There, there were heaps no. of Vuvuzelas. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez, you know. John said Brazil was the best because there were no Vuvuzelas. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. So we're 214 now. We're 214. Yeah, yeah, 214. Okay, right. And I was doing, I, actually, I thought so I'd get John this win? job again. Yeah, John's won. So okay, call right. us back, John. You were a phone caller. You rang us on the Odie Cologne. So ring us back on the phone and, we'll and take speak to Matt details. and we'll take all your details. And Let's we're going so well. Yes, the class of 92. Two more to give out. <laughs> Hot topic, 0433981116. Let's go to George in Hawthorne. Wants to talk about, uh, well, not necessarily the best World Cup, but uh, the other end of the spectrum. G'day, George. Welcome to the show. Uh, Buonasera, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, good evening. I, um, I, I was in third year of uh, my course, which is not medicine, but not dissimilar, when I watched the 1990 World Cup, which, as the Italians would say, was a bit of a skip. But, um, <laughs> so, so, George, what, what course was that? Uh, I'm an optometrist, basically. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Very good. Yep. Um, You're a doctor to me. Um, basically, uh, it's like sex. Uh, any, any World Cup beats no World Cup. And um, <laughs> yes. I basically uh, did a, a three-day a three no-sleep preparation for biochemistry because I needed 90 to pass the exam at the end of the year. And I almost flaked it with two hours to go, but England Cameroon came on and carried ah. the food to back. Yeah, fantastic game that was. Excellent there, George. Just having a bit of trouble with the line, but uh, that's not bad. That go that will go into the draw for the second half of this competition. It there, just Warren. seems to me that um, as much as we hype up uh, people in the medical profession, it seems that you can pass exams without doing very much study, <laughs> just very quietly. I should have been a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. Really appreciate your call. Uh, they're coming through thick and fast in. Italia 90 was mine. Cameroon, great performance. Roger Miller. Yeah, Roger Miller. Paul yeah. Gascoigne. Oh, yeah. Great tournament. Fantastic. What great memories. Yep. They, they, that was a good one. Great memories. Yep. We're still trying to get Mike McGrath. We really want to talk about uh, the big deal that went down mm. with uh, Suarez. And, uh, no, I don't want to talk was, about um, it. Italian of Vanta, was that the one where Del Piero Italia sort of what? edged out um, Baggio? Was that the one that Baggio wasn't getting a game and Del Piero was... No, I, think I think it's a bit later than that. Uh, I'm not sure. Was it the next one? Yeah, I, the one in I don't America? Think, oh, look, I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't remember Del Piero in 1990, but it might have been uh, a bit later on. A bit later yeah. on. Excellent. Really like this World Cup, uh, but 2002 Chubby Ronaldo's Redemption was my favourite. Who was uh, that? No, Anonymous. Not a bad one. Warren of course, yeah, 98, he had I'll the problem in the final. Remember the drama around the final that uh, he yes, uh, had uh, he had a fit the night before, or that's what the story was. No one's ever written the story, but it's good to see in Brazil he was uh, commentating there and he was yeah. up there with... Uh, didn't, didn't get much of a word in based no, on no, what we no, saw, no, Carlos. He, he was there, he's looking healthy, and there certainly wasn't any fits prior to his commentary. <laughs> that's <laughs> and for sure. And he'd grown his hair back completely, yes. which is good to see. Yeah. <laughs> And there were no transvestites in the no. background either because no. he did make a bit of a mistake there too. Yeah, <laughs> but I did notice that Romario didn't make it from the nightclubs. He's, uh, no, but he was doing a Javiana commercial right. where he, he sent too. one shoe yep. to um, Maradona. Maradona. That's right. There you go.
That's true. Very good. Ah, reflections of Brazil. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> Brazil, what about uh, what about Messi and uh, the you know the the fact that he won the golden the, uh, boot, the golden ball, Gold, um, yeah, golden ball. Yeah. Yes, a uh, so, lot, lot of conjecture about uh, whether he deserved it or not. I, I've got to say, I was a bit surprised that he actually won it. I thought James or James, James. Rodriguez was yeah. probably not only the find of the tournament, but also. Jeez, he was good. He was really consistent. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you think Messi deserved it, Vinny? I, I don't think Messi deserved it. I actually liked Robin. I thought in terms of consistently playing really well and mm. being the, the difference player for his country, I thought he was really good. I thought Bueller was good too. Uh, of course, Rodriguez was, was sensational. Mm. His goal was a cracker, but I would have I would have given it to Robin yeah, this time. We were there live, guys, and watching Robin. We saw him against Australia, and uh, even though uh, the Australians sen- seemed to blunt his, uh, you know, even though he did score a great goal running from the halfway line, and we couldn't stop him, uh, I just thought he wasn't as damaging as in other games. But we, you know, we saw live how electrifying he could be in that game, and the pace and the power. Uh, and our boys uh, did at times struggle to to keep him in check. But the, it was a game against Costa Rica in the extra time where, you know, everyone was sort of, uh, you know, the Costa Ricans were, were fatigued. Uh, the Dutch were running out of ideas. But Robin was the one that was uh, still running hard and still showing a lot of power and skill towards the end. And I thought he, he – I think he raised – he actually went an extra notch in this World Cup. He's always been a talented player. I still remember him as an 18-year-old. I think he was bald back then too and as, a, as an 18-year-old. How much of a great play. But he was always one of these guys that was a bit temperamental. But in this World Cup, I thought he was even he was almost like a leader. Mm. And uh, the way he was playing, uh, you know, with almost a double prong with uh, Van Persie up front and uh, some of the goals he scored, especially the game where they demolished Spain in that first game, I thought he was fantastic. Mm. So I just think suddenly, you know, Arjen Robin was always one of the great players of world football, but I think he's even gone a step higher now after that World Cup. I probably think he didn't get it more because of the admitting over the over mm. the dive could have, have been a situation. A bit, and you made, you made a point of highlighting Maradona who won the golden boot in that tournament in 82, when 86, 86 mm. sorry, when he led a, an ordinary Argentinian. I think, I think we're perennially hard on Messi. Messi's goals won Argentina the first two games of this tournament. It got them through to the knockout phase. He went within, he went within one goal of doing what Maradona did in 86. Now you could argue that the team this, this time around, if you look at, um, if you look at Mascarana, who was sensational How through the team, he? How good was yeah, he? he was great. brilliant. Uh, you know, Di Maria was injured. They probably had more good parts in this oh, team than eighty six. Yeah. But he he went pretty damn close to getting them or he's, winning. He's, the... he's not close yet. He's nowhere near as close. I mean, the the Argentinian team of eighty six that won it. Maradona was head and shoulders above everyone. He he pulled them kicking and screaming, winning the, that World Cup. But I think they had Burachaga was a great play for them. Uh, Valdano, but the rest of them. I mean, I still remember Jose Louis Brown, the centre half, who I'm thinking, you know, this guy somehow fell into this squad and he ended up being a World Cup winner. Well, he's got a kneel at Diego Maradona's altar because of uh, the fact that he, he would never have got anywhere near that if he wasn't for that player. And he was just, you know, I, I, I reckon I saw a bloke who was one of the once-in-a-generation player playing his best football. I saw that in 86. It's like Pelé in 70, probably, or in 58, you know, when he was at his best. I, was, I reckon I was lucky enough to see that guy 
um, you know, one of the all-time greats we'll ever, ever see playing his best football in the tournament every game. They've got to sort out the presentation of those awards too. They, then, in how my long opinion, was it between the anyway. between the end of the game and the presentation? They just hung around forever. <laughs> anyway, but no, they and gave then all the wags came out that before they actually presented the World Cup trophy to Germany. I, yep. I, I didn't think that was a pro. Anyway, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Uh, please call us and tell us what your favourite World Cup was, and also on the text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Let's go to Marcos in South Melbourne. Wants to talk about uh, his favourite World Cup. Good day, Marcos. Welcome to the show. Hello, I was going to tell you about Germany uh, 2006. Please do. But oh. as the Four Diegos, being students of football, all know, mm-hmm. uh, West Ham has a very strong Jewish connection from the east end of London, uh, as does Buenos Aires, which is really funny. And you might remember when an agent once approached West Ham with two young kids from Argentina. You're talking about Tottenham Hotspur, aren't you? Yes, uh, there, Tottenham Marcus? Hotspur yeah. is it? Sorry? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, and they and they offered the Messi and Mascherano when they were teenagers. Tevez. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, yeah, I thought Tevez. I thought. Sorry, Tevez yeah. was the other one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tevez and, and Mascherano. Yep. That's right. And man, hasn't Mascherano just turned into such a yeah. player? Sorry, I, I thought you were. I thought you were referring to Ricky Villa and Oswaldo uh, Ardiles back in uh, after I think the '86 World Cup. Uh, not '86. Sorry, after the '78 World Cup, and they, were that, they obviously play for Tottenham. But uh, the uh, you were you were right in uh, saying that it was West Ham because that's where Tevez and Mascherano. And the, the, it was a, there was a very interesting case because they were earned, they were owned, they were sold yes, to West Ham by a group of people. That's right. They yes, weren't even the, sold by from a club. Consortium. Yeah, it was yeah. A, of course. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, but really, I actually was reflecting on that myself, Marcos, when uh, when Mascarano had such a good World Cup because he was actually quite maligned when he first went to. England because they thought he wasn't up to it, and Tevez, of course, he was a star from the start, yep. really. Yeah. And Mascarano went on to Liverpool, and and interestingly, and I, I know I'm drawing this back, but Liverpool six years ago got within two points of winning the title. I think it was seven years under Raf Benitez, yeah. and the two players they lost at the end of that season were were Mascarano and Zabi Alonso, mm. and then really went about their slide, which was only resurrected. Um, and just talking about our last caller, there was a thirty for thirty. Um, documentary on ESPN leading up to the World Cup final that was on Aussie Ardiles and yep. his experience as being really the pioneer of South American football going to mm. play in the uh, in the EPL. But little known fact, Alejandro mm. Alejandro Sabella, the coach, coach of Argentina, played for Sheffield United right. in England. I still remember him running around. In those, in those days, they didn't have to wear shin pads and they didn't have to wear the socks up. And he was one of these Argentinians who played with his socks down like Ardiles did. Yes. And uh, was quite a good player. Looked like a troubled man, though, didn't he? Sabella? He did. I thought, you know, just wanted him to smile a little bit anyway. <laughs> He's rather preoccupied. Oh, well, I know. I know he had a lot on, Vinny. <laughs> you got to smile That wasn't a, a good bit. time for him. <laughs> well, yeah. you know. It's tense. They, they played well. They had a great tournament. Uh, they anyway. had a great tournament. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Uh, what about Richard in Werribee? G'day, Richard. Uh, you want to talk about uh, one of the great coaches. G'day, Richard. Welcome to the show. Oh, indeed, yeah. I just wanted to congratulate Carlos on your knowledge and everything. I listen to half-time a lot. I'm a truck driver. Uh, But, yeah, I was fortunate enough, my older brother actually played um, school football with Trimboli. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Trimmers. So, um, yeah, I I know other boys, like uh, the late Lauren 
uh, Loris Podgy and that mm. sort of thing. Yep. But, um, yeah, they basically put me on to, you know, the old Leeds United, um, you know, Venables, Kiel, Paducah. Yep. And, yeah, watching that, that game against Japan when we came back was just unforgettable. I reckon that's the highlight of my life. So. Yeah, we we, we <laughs> no. did a whole hour of wow moments in, in, in this World Cup uh, on half show today. And uh, if you're looking at wow moments for Australians in World Cups, there's not a lot. But I tell you what, Timmy Cale has given us three, hasn't yeah, he? Absolutely. Really, that first goal, he scrambled over the line against Japan. that got us uh, mm. on level terms. Then the winner, and I still remember Simon Hill's call, oh, yeah. where his voice cracked. Yeah. <laughs> All right? And then, uh, of course, that goal. What we were... Uh, I, I I don't know. I wish there was a I wish there was a camera on our reaction when Timmy Cale scored that goal. Oh, yeah, that was. Uh, it was unbelievable. Were man yeah. hugs. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. all round. I think it was shock first. Yeah, mm. not believing that we could hit back uh, against the Dutch so quickly. But uh, what a goal that was! That goal, watching it in real time, it almost was happening in slow motion it was. because you were sort of thinking, "No, is he going to get it? No, the defender's going to get to him." And then he just nailed it with but his we, left But we foot. had that moment too, Vinny, because when he came off the boot, we thought it was going to be a goal. But then he hit the crossbar. And how often do you see hit the crossbar and not cross the line? So for a moment, we were thinking, did that cross the line? Are we going to be robbed here of one of the all-time great goals? For once, it went our way. It went over the line, no one, no doubt. And, uh, and Timmy Cale did it for us. What a fantastic moment that was. It was fantastic. Uh, thanks for your call there, Richard. Uh, a couple more from the um, Class of 92 uh, hot topic. Uh, 2006, German, you know, in Germany, Australia's performance during that uh, World Cup held in Germany, the catalyst for growing popularity of soccer in Australia. It was. That's anonymous, though. Mm. Um, 2010, South Africa, the Vuvuzelas drowned out the boring SBS commentary <laughs> magnificently. That's Dave. There you go, Dave. That's not a bad call. Les is retired now. We can't. No, no, it wasn't boring. I mean, they they, they, they do it. They do it well. They for have us every these great locations for their studios. Yeah. One this time it was Copacabana Beach. Last time it was the top of Table Mountain, wasn't it? Something like that. Yes. Anyway, Can I say something about um, Sorry, Dave. that South African World Cup? We we arrived in Cape Town and they were the the South African team were in Joburg being sort of launched or something Sorry. and the festivities around Cape Town it was like mm. that South African team were there and I've never seen people drive a car with a Vuvuzela <laughs> out the window <laughs> blowing it at the same time it was it's yep. quite a spectacle so in terms of um, taking the game to the people of a country I reckon South Africa did that really really well it absolutely did Vinny what about uh, this one before we go to the break for most Aussies, it's got to be 2006. That tournament got me to fall in love with the world game mm. and haven't looked back since. That's Mick in Summerton. I'll tell you what, that's got to go close. That, that's really hit the heartstrings there, Warren. You oh. make the decision, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about that one. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit cried. emotional there too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Mick. Well, after the break, stick around because... Uh, you okay, can... Mick, you can have oh, one. Hey, take your time. Take it easy. Have respect for everyone else. No, is Too yeah. late. He said it. <laughs> you can have one, Mick. Because I couldn't talk for a moment there because I was tearing up myself. <laughs> so, Mick, call us back on... No, no. We've, um, Mick, where is he? We've got your... Uh, 
your uh, just got to do this be- part better. Yeah, just we? just let yeah. me do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll give you a call, mate. So thanks very much, Mick. You've won the class of '92 and the two-hour feature film that features some of the Manchester United yeah. greats and some fantastic interviews with Zidane. They've, they've even spoken to Eric Cantona as well. There's no more hard strings for the last one. It's got to be cold, hard, analytical Pragmatic. fact Ooh. as to yeah. why it was the best. Like. Most goals or biggest crowds or something substantial to get the last DVD. Otherwise, I'll, I'll re-gift it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Yes, coming to a very swift close tonight on a Wednesday night. Thanks for your company, uh, and we've had some fantastic text messages here. Uh, my favourite World Cup, says Darren, are the games where the USA failed to win a game. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, that's not analytical enough. Darren. Sorry, Darren. That's a bit unfair. I really liked uh, the USA-Portugal yeah, game. And that, they were good for the whole World Cup. USA 94, purely the drama. Budge or misses, mm. and it's all over. John from Mill Park. Made so, me feel better about my penalty taking when I was younger, too. 2002, by far for me, my icon in football is Ronaldo, the one and only Ronaldo phenomenon. To come in uh, that World Cup after surgery and score eight in the World Cup was yeah, unbelievable. My favourite all-time player. Thank you very much there, Theo in Brunswick. Had the Mapatazzi too. Yeah, he did too. Yeah, uh, it's interesting did. how that didn't take off, did it? The Mapatazzi. No. <laughs> no, you tell me now, Carlos. <laughs> I forget my haircut. Jeez. And Dean in uh, Crib Point, my favourite World Cup ever. I loved uh, it. I loved it. It's sad that it's over. It is sad. James Rodriguez and Andre Schurler. I loved Costa Rican Colombia. Mm. Sad Falcao oh. wasn't playing. You know, Dean Lewis oh, in Crib Point. Oh, that's a good I, that one. was a good one because he, I, I, I have these little moments. Taking you know, your heartstrings when, tonight, Carlos. Yeah, when I'm sort of in the car or I'm sort of you know doing stuff and I have these little moments where I flash back to me in Vinny Venezuela or an Ipanema <laughs> beach you know, shirtless 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 and uh, and no one taking any notice of our magnificent specimen <laughs> of a body that we yeah. had I just have these moments and uh, and I, I, got, I got to say I do miss Brazil uh, you know the one thing and I didn't get an opportunity to do wow moments and because you like that I'm going to go for Theo in Brunswick <laughs> okay what was that Theo in Brunswick Theo in Brunswick was Ronaldo yeah well done Theo you've yeah. picked up the class of 92 with thanks to screenpop.com.au uh, the, the DVDs are there to purchase right now all you need to Dean do Dean from Crib Point if it was me that was giving away you would have got it no, no disrespect to Theo but no I don't yeah, do yeah, that I can't yeah. do that Class of 92, the Manchester United video, <laughs> two-hour feature film, uh, David Beckham, Nicky Butt, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Phil and Gary Neville are stars on that. Thanks to uh, Gemma and ScreenPop.com.au. Now, I know you got to reflect last week on wow yep. moments. Keep going. But um, the fact that no one seems to wear board shorts in Brazil, budgie smugglers only. When I wore board shorts and a rashi to go to... Baja Beach for a swim. Yeah, that was very funny. People looked at me yeah. like I was doing something wrong. It was doesn't matter what size or shape, does it, Carlos? It does Everyone's like budgie smugglers. Like I tried to talk you guys suit. into the speedos, but you wouldn't do it. Hey, yeah. uh, it's time to go to Mike McGrath to round off the show. Mike in the UK, welcome to the show. Hi guys. Yes. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's it's our pleasure. Rodrigo's here, Vinny. Uh, we've got Warren, who's decided to turn up tonight, and uh, <laughs> Carlos is in the house as well. Hey, let's talk about uh, Luis Suarez. He's gone. He's well. He's uh, signed for Barcelona. Hey, that's got to be big news, and uh, never in doubt. Even after that bite, wasn't Mike? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think um, I think from the fans' point of view, it probably split them down the middle. You know, do you, do you sell somebody like? Tottenham did with Gareth Bale and lose such a 
you know, such a potent threat. And on the other hand, they got a fantastic deal. They got 75 million is what we're, uh, what we're hearing over here. Uh, and that's a fantastic deal for, for somebody who has been quite troublesome for him. Mike, can you confirm, is there a lentils-only clause in the contracts? <laughs> yeah, there is actually a bike clause. So, uh, yeah, you won't, if you do see him biking somebody, he'll be hit in the pocket, I think. Um, yeah, it's um, a, a crazy few months, really, in terms of uh, what Suarez did. And um, I, I think he's probably got to get some help, actually. That's my, that's my personal view. Yeah, Micah, usually when uh, players move, uh, have the big move, they go for a medical, but uh, Louis had to go for a dental. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mike, I'm, I'm loving all, the, all yeah. the pictures as well of people, you know, getting a, getting a bite taken out of them by, uh, by Louis Suarez. It's great, <laughs> great stuff. Now, Mike, I'm interested as a Liverpool fan to... We have recent history. Tottenham saw, sent, um, sold Gareth Bale, pretty much spent all the money thinking that six or seven players could replace one. Now, Brendan Rodgers was well on the way to spending most of Luis Suarez's money before he'd even sold Suarez with the likes of Luana, with the likes of Lambert, Markovic now, and um, and the German... Roos. Roos. Um, he's actually also signed another German under-21 international. Do you think Liverpool are doing better buying than in comparison to Tottenham? I know it's hard to to measure player for player, but how do you think they're going in terms of looking to replace Luis Suarez? Well, I, I really don't think that it's the, the quality is a problem. I think that the quantity is, and that's what Tottenham really found found out. You know, Tottenham had scouted these players quite well, uh, and they are decent players. I know Lamela has, you've hardly seen him. Uh, Kapuwe couldn't get in the team. They were decent players. I just think it'll be a real test of uh, Brendan Rodgers' coaching skills to get a group of players like that to gel really quickly. Um, yeah, I, will it work or not? It, I think it's a big gamble to bring in that many people, but um, they've also got the Champions League that they, that they need to cater for, so it's going to be a real test for Rodgers. Now, Mike, uh, Louis van Gaal, I think his first training session was either yesterday or today. Uh, walking in, uh, some players need some decisions made pretty pretty soon. There's talk of about four or five of them being let go. Any news about uh, uh, what uh, Louis van Gaal's done on his entry there at uh, Manchester United? Yeah, uh, arrived yesterday, training today. Um, interesting, there's only one player that's left so far. Um, that, that has been in contract, one player sold, and that's Alex Butner, who, you know, we're led to believe that he, uh, LVG, uh, knew very well from his time as Dutch coach, uh, Butner being a Dutch player, but it seems that the other players will get the chance to uh, chance to shine on their pre-season tour. Um, Mike, if you could do me a favour, um, next time you go to a Manuel Pellegrini interview, just mention Warren Diego. I had a photo with him <laughs> at, the, at um, Cuiaba at the airport. Wasn't that happy to see me, but I'm sure he'll remember. I should actually send you the photo just to remind him. It was a, a good little experience. So there you go. Oh, well, he's, I'll tell you what, he, he can be a tough crowd at the best of times. So um, you probably need, to, uh, probably need to get your... Get your banter levels right to, to get a rise out of him. Oh, no, he, uh, there wasn't an embrace. It was actually the photo shows him pushing Warren away. I think there was a push away, yeah. 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 So, Mike, hey, uh, we got you on pretty late, but uh, we're going to have to let you go very early. So, thank, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. 
Yeah, speak to you soon, guys. There's Mike McGrath from the UK. Uh, rounding out a fairly full show. Thanks for your calls tonight. Thanks for your text messages. We love them. Thanks for your reflections on Brazil with us. We had an absolute ball talking about it you know, from a year out. And uh, thanks for putting up with us and uh, talking about Brazil. It was a fantastic World Cup and deserved champions were Germany. We'll be back uh, next week after the Diego's It's All Night Appetite with Darren Parkin and Howard Lee in from uh, 12 to 2 with Hollywood Nights. So remember, Carlos. We're a Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Or if you Samba Rumba and La Bamba Tour, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.